Welcome to the Sunrise Orthodontics Airway and Sleep Group uh, podcast. My name is Dr. Calkins, and our guest today is Dr. Francisco Eraso. Dr. Eraso is a specialist in orthodontics and oral and maxillofacial radiology. He's also a member of the American Association of Orthodontics, American Academy of Oral and Maxillofacial Radiology, and the International Association of Dental Maxillofacial Radiology. He is a practitioner at Indianapolis, and he's also one of the founder of Beam Readers Diagnostic Services. He has been a reviewer for the American Journal of Orthodontics and Dentofacial Orthopedics, the Angle Orthodontics, and the Journal of Oral Surgery, Oral Medicine, Oral Pathology, Oral Radiology, and Endodontics. He has also published several papers and lectured at various professional meetings. Dr. Eraso, thank you for joining us today. We deeply appreciate the generosity of your time. Our goal is to introduce our audience into the technology of cone beam computed tomography with acronym CBCT in dentistry. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation, Liliana. It's, a, it's an honor to be here with you. Finally, we meet and uh, thank you for the invitation again. Thank you for your time. So we have some questions uh, so, that, so that the audience can start getting familiarized with the topic. Dr. Eraso, why do you consider CBCT an essential diagnostic tool for imaging anatomy of the craniofacial complex within dentistry or the specialty of orthodontics? Yes, Leah, this is a, a very, very good question. Okay, so anatomy is, is power. Okay, if you know your anatomy, you derive different uh, solutions, okay? So the anatomy will, it will point you into the right direction for TMJ, for orthodontics, for uh, airways, for example. So in order for be, in order to be uh, successful in orthodontics, you have to know your anatomy and the impact of the anatomy in the maxillofacial complex. Teeth is not only straightened teeth, as you know, Okay, so all of those people that think that uh, with aligners the they can do everything, they're wrong. Okay, so the basic anatomy, for example, if I going into aligners, aligners is a very interesting topic, interesting topic, very popular topic. Okay, so a lot of people do aligners based on crown, crown diagnosis. They take scans and they take a panoramic. In the panoramic, you do you don't see the boundaries of the alveolar bone, and you pretend that you're going to move teeth. Okay, so yes, sometimes you're lucky and you have some movements. However, if you don't know where the root is in the bone, okay, uh, it's very difficult to be efficient in the movement. Okay, that is a very simple knowledge that everybody must have, the, the knowledge of where the roots are positioned in the alveolar bone. Okay, sometimes there is adjacent anatomic structures. Let's, let, let's, let's go into the anatomy of the maxilla, for example. The floor of the sinus is within a in close relationship with the roots of the molars, okay? Sometimes it's very difficult to move the molars in the missile direction or distal direction, okay? Because of the relationship of the roots with the cortical outline of the floor of the maxillary sinus. If you want to move a tooth in the air or the roots in the air, it's extremely difficult to do that. If you don't have a three-dimensional dimensional knowledge and an image and of course interpretation or where those roots are you are going to be blind into the treatment you're going to move teeth in the computer the crowns are going to move fantastic in the <laughs> software but in reality the treatment is going to be very inefficient so if you don't take into account 
3D anatomy, like a lot of people do with Invisalign or any company, any liners, sometimes you do an infinite number of refinements, which a lot of people say, okay, no, maybe it's an refinement, it's a detailing. No, it's an efficient way to say, you don't know your anatomy and your teeth have to move in different direction and it's not going to move. Sometimes the support of the roots in the abdominal bone, for example, going down into the mandible, okay? In the mandible, in the anterior segment, the alveolar bone that support those roots is very thin. Sometimes to do those root movements with the liners is very difficult. So why we do treatment planning? Why we do some assumptions without knowing the anatomy? So anatomy is extremely important for the success of our treatments. So it is extremely important to consider a tool that will give you the ability to see anatomy the right way. So CVCT is an essential diagnostic tool for imaging anatomy of not only the alveolar bone, but the maxillofacial complex. Because as you know, we are not only bone and teeth, we are surrounded by amazing structures such as TMJ and airways, maxillary sinuses, and we are the path or the entrance for everything that goes into our body. So we have to know the anatomy. And the only tool that can provide you that information is the CVCT. That's such a comprehensive answer. Thank you so much, Dr. Lasso, for, for that. I, I constantly invite my peers to request reports in CVCT. I hope that with this podcast, we can invite more of our colleagues to fulfill this purpose. Our second question, I would like to invite our colleagues to use this technology and the specialty of craniofacial radiology in their practice, specifically the specialty of radiology with radiologists like yourself. What is the trend that you have seen in the adoption of CVCT by dental care physicians and the implementation of radiology reports? Liliana, again, you know, you have very, very interesting question and very interesting questions and, and good questions, okay? So the question is, how can we make people uh, aware of this technology? Okay, how can we invite them to use this technology? Over the years, we create habits, okay? And the habit of every dentist is to take a panoramic and intraoral x-ray, okay? So when you go into a, into a I have a, a, a general practitioner uh, office, I hired some of my colleagues to do general dentistry in my office because it's very difficult to only offer orthodontics to my community, to the Hispanic community of my town, uh, without uh, having health first. Okay, so so over the time, uh, I developed this practice and where the, the, the people that don't have access to health, dental health, they can go and have a really good uh, t- um, dental care in, in the office. Then the patients are going to look for um, orthodontica. And um, so how I, every time that the patient goes to the office, usually people take, or the new dentists that go and work for the office, they take uh, an intraoral x-ray and uh, by wings and uh, the panoramic, okay? And the panoramic literally will not give you anything. Okay, you and me know that. <laughs> and the only, the only time that I use a panoramic for diagnosis is to count it. And to make sure that, <laughs> because think about this, the panoramic will not give you alveolar bone levels. The panoramic is not going to give you a good localization of impacted teeth. The panoramic is not going to give you an excellent view of the temporal mandibular joint, nor the maxillary sinus. is not going to give you information about the airways. 
is not going to give you information about a specific specific information about anything. So it's just a panoramic view and a screening tool to count it. Okay, so in order for us to be efficient in diagnosis, we have to take the right image. Okay, the problem is because of the people have the only tools that they have in the practice are now panoramic and internal x-rays, they take what they have. Okay. However, we want to be efficient in our treatments. So it is no way that I will start treatment with 2D imaging because I will miss something. So today or before in 2002 or 2000s, when we start to use CVCT, we had the excuse that no, we don't have a panoramic a, a CVCT in the area. So this is the only information that we have. Today, we don't have an excuse. CVCT is everywhere in the world, okay? So we have to look for answers. And we cannot make assumptions. Assumptions are bad for diagnosis and for everything. But uh, so I will invite our colleagues to use this technology to find the truth, okay? If we are afraid of the truth, it's like a doing a root canal. Sometimes we're afraid of molars and it's better to send it to a, to a, to a specialist, okay? If you are afraid to, to find information, you need to send information to a radiologist. The radiologist will guide you, will open the doors for you, open the knowledge, and then you will learn from that. And it's extremely important that we will not over-treat or under-treat the patients, but we should treat the patients correctly. And I think in order to treat our patients correctly, we have to have a good diagnosis. And I will invite our colleagues to have the best tools for diagnosis. Once you have the diagnosis, you can do whatever you want. But the, the first step in any treatment is diagnosis and treatment planning. How can you do a diagnosis and treatment plan without the proper tools? And uh, CVCT is the best tool for diagnosis and treatment plan, in my opinion. Call it airways, call it orthodontics, call it implants, okay? Call it whatever, whatever you want to call it. So uh, a CVCT is the, should be the best tool for that purpose. So we are... In the in the in the way, that's my faith to start a new habit, to start the habit of the yeah. truth, to start the habit of having the correct imaging with the purpose of the accurate, the most accurate diagnosis. That that was wonderful. Thank you, Doctor Arazo. You have such a vast experience in imaging. Being a founder for Beam Readers, you have seen millions of images mm-hmm. at this point. Do you recall a specific case, and I, I'm sure that you have by the thousands, in which an orthodontist like myself, because I'm constantly getting the benefits of your report, of your reports, an unexpected, an, an unexpected finding. What what have you seen that you were thrown by it? Yeah, many. You know, just to give you a background, uh, we started in 2007 at Bean Readers, and I read that year 200 cases. Like, wow, there's a lot of cases, huh? <laughs> Today we read 100,000 cases plus last year and uh, we have 50 radiologists. We start two people, now we are 50. So I read, maybe I read between 8,000 to 10,000 cases per year myself, okay? Most of the cases that we read are related to TMJ, orthodontics, implants, pretty much everything, but mostly those areas, okay? So one of the classic findings is, for example, a, a hyperdensity that surrounds the roots, okay? Let's pretend that there is, is something white in the in the panoramic X-ray, okay? And you are doing a treatment, okay? And if you take an image 
let's say if you take a, a, a periapical radiographs, you're not going to see the extent of that hyperdensity or opacity, okay? So the typical finding is you start to put braces and start to move teeth, okay? Suddenly, it is very difficult to move that tooth. This hyperdensity is called uh, a dense bone island or anostosis or idiopathic osteosclerosis. And in order for you to move a tooth through that dense bone, it will take time. And sometimes we are very inefficient to move a tooth through that bone and it produces resorption, okay? So first of all, you have to be very efficient uh, with your movements. And sometimes you have to be truthful with the biomechanics and say that tooth is not going to move, okay? <laughs> so forget about doing extractions, okay? And move teeth the, uh, through that space, okay? So that is an important finding for you to, uh, to take into account. Another interesting finding was a pathology that you cannot see again in the internal x-rays. You maybe will not see it in the panoramic x-ray. Let's pretend that there's a, a simple bone cyst or a, a central giant cell granuloma. That was a patient that maybe was 10, 12 years old. The, the treatment started, okay? The lesion was not seen in the image trough, okay? Because the image was a little more lingual, okay? So the patient start braces. Suddenly, the patient developed a huge hypodensity or radiolucency surrounding the roots of all of the incisors, okay? The question is, is that uh, of a cystic or tumor, tumoral origin or is something benign, something like a simple bone cyst? So when you take a three-dimensional image, you can answer that and don't over-treat that case. If it doesn't have expansion, if it's surrounding and scalloping the roots, it's most consistent with simple bone cyst. But this patient has a huge expansion, very consistent with a central giant cell granuloma after, of course, the biopsy, okay? So think about that. You start a treatment, which is a very simple treatment. Everybody's happy to start treatment without the proper tools and suddenly six months later, you have that kind of fatigue. And it's better to take a good image at the beginning and not a reactive image at the middle of the treatment. Because the question is going to say, okay, why you didn't take that image before? Okay, why you start treatment? Okay, is, is that image? So if such a country that is a very litigious country, if somebody will sue you, they always are going to ask you, uh, show me your information and the answer the question is like this is the information the answer is this is the information that the question is where is the cvct why you didn't take it's very difficult to play the game of ignorant and say no i didn't have a convene i don't have a knowledge that is not my, my my specialty no you have to take the right information at the right time so surprises is is you can avoid surprises by having the right anatomic structures in the in the 3D to prevent uh, some problems in the diagnosis and treatment plan and in, the, in therapy, of course. I hope that our audience really gets to the root of, of what is one of our major challenges in, with incorrect diagnosis, with avoiding, as, as you mentioned, surprises as we are undergoing treatment for the sake of our patients. That's, it's, it's wonderful to have you once again, Dr. Rosa, thank you. Now, to our community, to the 
patients that we see and that are hesitant for imaging. The imaging benefits outweigh the risks on CBCT from everything we have gathered from you. This is even more emphatic now. How can we invite our patients to feel comfortable with radiology imaging in terms of safety in the realm of CBCT? It, again, Liliana, very good question. And uh, that is a very typical question from our patients is I don't want to get uh, have too much radiation with that X-ray, okay? So the answer, you can have the answer in different, different ways, okay? If you go to the literature, okay, now we support that the amount of radiation that the patient will receive with a CVCT is very, very small. Uh, similar to the typical uh, panoramic or lateral steps that we take for our diagnostic records, okay? So we are not taking more, we are not using more radiation to produce an image, okay? However, if we take the information of CVCT and produce only a panoramic and a lateral set, if we use a CVCT just to replace those two images because of the new machine, okay, and you don't explore the power of the CVCT, of course you are using too much radiation, okay? However, if you have that information, okay, think about uh, it can be as a lemon, okay? If you squish that lemon and you have all of the juice from that lemon, you're going to have the best juice, okay? The same thing with the combi. If you squish all of the information from the combi, squishing is equivalent to creating segmental information about anatomy of interest, or at least the information that you have in the, in the volume. So you can do something, and I do something that is called an imaging portfolio, okay? In an imaging portfolio, I subtract information Subtract information about the airways, the TMJ. I measure important information in the airways such as soft palate. I explore the nasal cavity. I explore the maxillary sinuses. Then I explore the temporal mandibular joint. And I explore not only the morphology of the TMJ, but the position, because the position impact the stability of the case. Then I will go into the alveolar bone, I rule out pathology in the bone. I, I sometimes I segment that information and produce an auto model. So I don't I don't have models in my practice anymore. I use an auto mash for the, the auto models. So for example, if I have an impacted tooth, I really can move and not only inform myself about the position of that impacted tooth, but educate the patient the kind of surgery or procedure that we are going to use to bring that tooth down or to extract it. Okay. Then we have additional findings, okay? We will explore the possibility of have a, a incidental findings such as atheromas, okay? Classification of the arteries. We have a classifications of the tonsils. We have different, different things. So you see that information is subtracted in such a way that will never, never anybody question about using that technology. And they say, oh, too much radiation. Then when we have good information and we make right decisions, okay? That definitely awaits the risk of radiation dose. And uh, let's say, for example, if I'm going to use, I am a very uh, fan of motion appliance, okay? So I don't know if you use it, but I think it's, it's a very good appliance. Uh, the motion appliance, I was looking, when I was looking in the, in the, in the technology or the appliances that were used to correct class two and class three, okay? So I was looking how can an appliance show me the effect 
of the mechanics at the end of the treatment. So I was looking at an appliance that will have an effect in the dentition, in the sagittal direction, or correction of the class two or class three, mm-hmm. effect of the airway spaces and temporal mandibular joint. Because for me, that's the, the, the key of the success of the treatment. So then I saw that video, okay, a commercial video. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, it corrects the sagittal and then it, it shows that the improvement of the facial soft tissue, improvement of the position and rotation of the mandible, then the, by the rotation of the mandible, you increase the airway spaces, and then you will have put, position the TMJ or the condylas, the condyles in the right position, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's great, okay? So I have my combi, I have the video that teach me that this is what is going to happen. Now, having that information, I am going to document the case before and after the treatment. And before, I'm going to measure, I'm going to quantify the airways. And at the end of the treatment, I'm going to quantify the airways. So I literally, I'm going to quantify how much I gain by producing that movement in the airway spaces dimension. Then I go into the TMJ. And the TMJ, let's pretend that in class two patients, the TMJ or the condyles are positioned posteriorly. Mm-hmm. At the end of the treatment, I have to have that condyle concentrically in the glenoid fossa because if it's positioned anterior or posterior, it's going to be unstable. Okay, so I have to document that. So if I document that the case, the, the condyles were positioned posteriorly, at the end of the treatment, I have to see those case, those condyles concentrically positioned for stability, for health, everything. You name it, you know that. So by having that information at the beginning and at the end. And not only proving that video that is correct, but also I have peace of mind because I did the right thing. And, and that is how I use technology these days. Like, okay, let me see if it, let me prove it. Okay. So I always, always do some kind of like a testing. And for me lately, I'm not using a other a class two correctors rather than, than the motion appliance because of that. Now you have to fight with the patient compliance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that is, that is another story. And, uh, but, but yeah, uh, the, the benefits of the CVCT definitely outweigh the risk uh, of the radiation dose. If you subtract the right information, if you use the power of that information, and like I said, it's like uh, having a squishing the lemon and having the, the last piece of the drop <laughs> of the juice. <laughs> benefit. Well, you know, you, you use for me the perfect analogy. I cannot enjoy lemons the most, and they are perfectly squeezed. <laughs> every, every morning, every morning, Liliana, especially now, right? So, with this maximization <laughs> of knowledge and information that you can uh, get from, from from such a comprehensive image, it's it's fantastic that, as you were mentioning, now this technology is highly available. We are aiming for comprehensive uh, implementation in every yeah. practice and educating our communities that this technology is available, that it's for their own benefit, that we as physicians extract and maximize this technology in, in daily yeah. use. It's been fascinating, uh, Dr. Rasa, <laughs> to have you. I learned so much. I can never stop learning from you, from, from BIM readers. And it's I know that you're extremely busy and that's why it's even more special for us to have this this valuable time with you thank you again and i thank you liana it was a pleasure to meet you finally and, <laughs> uh, and uh, thank you and uh, i wish you a happy new year it's not never late and i wish you a very healthy and successful uh, 2022 
Thank you. Likewise. Happy 2022. Thank you, Dr. Yeah. Erasmus. We hope to, to have you again in the future. Bye. Bye.